Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute. I'm here with the delightful Paul on quite a nice, bright, sunny day. Actually, the longest day of the year today. Is that right? I believe, I believe so, yeah. I, I, I think so. Good morning, Warren. I thought you'd be happy with the sun shining, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, come on. We're, we're at the, the midpoint of the year, right, really. Um, and we would be expecting that the sun in the summer would have been at half here by now. We've kind of had periods of good weather and periods of bad weather and you know let's hope it gets a bit better but hey it's a bit like the stock market isn't it you know we have periods of growth periods of pull, retracement i don't say pull back or or crash it's kind of like a retracement because it's almost temporary really um so you know you kind of got to work your way through it but fingers crossed we're going to go through a prolonged bull market in the weather <laughs> a lovely tie-in, yeah. And uh, I think expectations is a is a great word to use because I think today we've, we're um, going to take a look over a, a bit of an anniversary, really. Three years since the, the Brexit referendum. Brexit obviously everywhere in the news. I think we've all had enough of that. But it's three years anniversary since the... Um, the since the vote took place and, yeah, and, and the decision was made by the country. And... I think it's fair to say there's perhaps been some surprising elements going on since then that um, you, you can maybe shed some light on for us today. Yeah, I, I, think, you know, I think first and foremost is we're not for or against Brexit. You know, whatever your views are, you're, you're entitled to that. It's a free country. Um, it's a very emotional um, uh, topic. And sometimes I've had some deep conversations with some clients. I've heard very strong arguments for both sides. But what... The reason for me of raising this is, is primarily to, be, to sort of help you be aware, whom are you listening to? Okay, and, and I heard this from an American guy, I think back in the 90s, and I've always kept it close to my heart. He basically said, whom are you listening to? And I think it's really important because whenever we talk about the future, we are making a prediction, we're guessing, we're giving you our opinion. Because there is, you know, apart from us passing away or dying one day, there is no sort of certainty about what's going to happen. But people like to give you their opinion, okay, about what's going to happen in the future. And I also think politicians are high up on the list there. And the referendum period, so the run-up to the referendum, the actual referendum itself and post-referendum, all these economists, including like the head of the Bank of England, um, and all these very important or so say important think tanks have told you that actually everything's going to be bad. It's all going to be negative. Um, the property prices are going to crash. No one's going to do business with the UK. The stock market's going to crash. And it's, it can be very fearful because when they're on TV or when they're in the national press, you would by default give them credibility. You would say that they're a standard, well, they must know what they're talking about because they're on TV, because they're on radio, or because they're in the national press. And you've got to be careful to whom you're listening to, okay? When anyone tells you about the future, they're giving you their opinion. And um, I think the Brexit referendum is a great example. Um, three years ago on the 23rd of June, so this is being recorded on the 21st of June, so three years ago in a couple of days, um, the country voted. And what do you think happened? Well, okay, let's firstly say, what do you think happened to the stock market over the last three years? Yeah, because I, I know a, a bit of a, a bit of a 
spoiler alert, we've, we've just had a bit of a chat about this, but I'm, I'm genuinely shocked about what you're about to reveal about the markets in that time. And, and yeah, based on the predictions, based on the news headlines, based on what we all see here and, and uh, let us think about that, you've got some pretty startling news on what's actually happened. Mm. And what about the property market? Because surely Mark Carney, head of Bank of England, knows what he's talking about. And when he comes out and says the property market's going to crash, what do you think has happened to the property market in general? And I do respect there are pockets around the UK that are going through difficult periods. But hey, no different to the stock market. There are pockets within the stock market that aren't doing well either. So what do you reckon about the property market? Yeah, the property market's a funny one because I think I, I, I keep quite good tabs on the property market for, for some of the people that I work with. And, and you read few reports on the same day and one will tell you that everything's looking pretty rosy and that prices have gone up and things are okay. And the other one will tell you that the prices have tanked and that everything's going bad and it's only going to get worse from here. It's a really funny one, the property, property industry. And what I say to people is when you invest, you have to do it evidence-based evidence-based investing so not working on a marketing company or looking at the headlines so a good example are the um, online investment supermarkets that were touting um, uh, Neil Woodford's uh, fund you know this is a great one and I've also seen best buy fund that makes me cringe I kind of want to you know rip them off the page you know, a fund isn't a thing that you buy for a commodity. A fund is an investment. And why is it best? If it's best for you, it may not be best for me. It's an appropriate fund for the type of investor that wants this type of return or this type of risk. You know, it's not, let's get away from selling investments as if they are bananas or shoes or something. You know, they're not fashionable. See, Warren, this is, this is why you do education for the nation and not working in marketing. See, look, look, look at that. Yeah, I know, but the, the challenge is people don't necessarily want the facts and the education. They need it, but they don't want it. Um, they want a get-rich-quick, and they want someone to solve their problems in general. In general, it's a generalization. So if someone comes to me and says, Warren, if you do this and this, or buy this, or take this, uh, you'll be healthy, happy, and prosperous for the rest of your life. I'll be thinking, hey, that's not bad. I'll do that. But how the hell does this person know? Like, where's the research? Where's the evidence? And when we're making an investment, we want to look at evidence. And that's why I often bring up stock market and how things have done when, you know, after the event, what people have said, because I think it's nice to look back because the news tends to just keep moving forward. At the moment, it's all about the Tory power and leadership and stuff. And what I want people to do is sort of really cut through the noise and say, What's my outcome? Step one of the money plan, what's my outcome? You always have to start with what do you want to achieve? And if it is wealth in the future, I want to go as far as saying virtually all of the academic research that's been done says buy the index, buy as many shares as you can. So typically that's for a fund. Don't try and um, think that you know which market's going to do better. Don't think, well, actually, the emerging markets are really growing. I'll put the money there. Russia's doing well. I'll put the money there. Buy all over the world. Spread your money all over the world because the world economy grows. Now, some economies are bigger than others, so we typically will weight it or buy more of those. So America's about 51 52% of the world stock market. That's a big weight. 
And a good example is we all use Microsoft. Most of us use Microsoft products or Apple products. You know, we use American products all over the world. So we tend to weight our portfolio to those countries that are bigger than the smaller ones. Okay, so give a bit of a, a bit of a spread that way. Um, and then hold it. And Warren Buffett says this, you know, the best period of time to hold your investment is forever. So you just hold on to your investment. And when we do that, when we listen to people like Warren Buffett, who has made his billions through investing, not through selling funds, we're then more likely to have a better investment experience than if we listen to the marketeers who are on screen and on TV or on the paper or direct mail or wherever they are saying, buy this, sell this, do this, sell that. Uh, this is the best buy fund. So we really just want to buy and hold for as long as we can. Okay. And um, I'll, sh I'll share the chart with you that we showed, uh, I showed you earlier. Which yeah, so bring it back to the, to the post-Brexit referendum kind of three-year anniversary of what's happened on the market. But, but, but this, this was the build-up because basically if you'd been following that information, that knowledge prior to Brexit, so five years before, Buy and hold. Well, Warren said, don't need to sell it until I'm way near retirement. And I would say way near retirement. I'd say about seven years from retirement, you should start planning what your exit strategy should be. You'd have just held on to your investments through the whole Brexit, through um, all the people saying the markets and the economy is going to crash, it's all going to go terribly wrong. Um, and you'd have had a different experience to them, okay? Or at least those people who followed them. So let's have a quick look. Um, okay. Okay, so can you see my screen now? Yep. All right, let me zoom in a little bit. There you go. Zoom in and bring it up this way. Okay, so what you see on the screen right there is a chart going back to the day of the referendum. Okay, so I bring my mouse back here. You can see in that blue line there, it says the 23rd, 06, 2016. Okay, that was the day of the referendum. And then you've got uh, five lines going across the chart. So from the 23rd of June all the way through until the present day. Um, the A, the green line, is our um, equivalent portfolio of a 100% stock market. So that would be the equivalent portfolio that would be represented a comparison between the FTSE 100 and the MSCI World. So the MSCI World, which was built, B, uh, B, is the Morgan Stanley Capital Index as a company. Um, world stock market. So it covers all the uh, countries around the world, or by far the majority of them, and it's how it covers their stock markets and does it as a group, shows you how the world stock market's doing. And you like a tracker fund market. across the globe? I'm sorry, ask that again? Like a tracker fund across the globe? It's exactly that, yes, yeah, a tracker fund across the road. That isn't actually a tracker, that's an index, but you can buy funds that will replicate that. And they okay. replicate it very, very closely. Okay, so that's an index. Um, and then the third one down, C, so I'm actually looking down in the corner here. The third one down, C, in this list, um, is our client typical portfolio. So although I've put A on there because that's a comparison, um, typically most of our client money is in what we call the 60-40 portfolio, which is where they have 60% of the money in the stock market and 40% of the money in lower risk investments. And that's because they don't like the big retracements that a 100% market would give them or they're nearer retirement or they're in retirement, okay? Another thing is sometimes you don't need the return of 100% equity, and therefore why should you take the extra risk of 100% equity, okay? So there's, a, there's an intelligence behind this of saying, well, actually, if I don't need nine plus percent return a year, 
why would I take that level of risk and put myself through that roller coaster ride? I'm going to dilute that risk with fixed interest um, to soften it, soften my volatility. But what I do is I give up some return. Um, and then D, I put D on next. It's the FTSE 100, the 100 largest companies in the UK. So again, similar to the MSCI, but just UK focused. And E, the bottom line, regarding the bottom, is a Halifax property market index. So just a index, okay? There's a number of them out there. Halifax is a big brand name in the UK. I thought it would be okay to put that up. Um, and that shows you how, how it's done. So it's done from the um, 23rd of June until basically the present day. Does, it's a leading question, does it surprise you? But what's your response to that information? I'm sorry, I can't hear you, Paul. I don't know if it's coming through. For some reason, it seemed to have um, muted. Can, can sorry, you yeah, that's, right. that's all right. Um, well, let, let's start with the with the FTSE 100 because I think that's something everyone can relate to. It's it's fairly um, commonly cited and, and used in media, etc. Um, and this is saying that's gone up thirty, just over thirty-two percent in the three right, yeah. since the referendum. Your one hundred percent super aggressive full stock market investment has gone up nearly 50%, 48.4%. Um, the world the world fund you spoke about up over 40%. And even the, the Halifax property index is up 11% over those three years. And I think to me, those are all quite surprising figures. I don't have access to this data. I don't see it. I don't, I don't keep track of it. They're, they're, it's quite surprising, those levels of gains. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just for the listeners, um, Paul is reading those figures. So the list A to E at the bottom, you've got the name of the portfolio of the investment. And in brackets at the end is the actual percentage return over that period. And we'll put this in the show notes so you can see it if you're um, listening to this on um, iTunes or something like that. Um, you're right. It is surprising, isn't it? Because, hey, do you know what? Good news doesn't sell. And I'm not here to say everything what's been going on in the last three years has been good news. It hasn't. There's been tricky times. And you can tell that because look at the market. Look at, the, look at our 100% portfolio. That's why um, some people decide not to invest in there because when they see their portfolio go up in this example here, what's that, about 45%, you know, nine on 50%. So you've got £100,000. You're now at about £145,000. Then they say it, see it fall and they see it retrace 10%. So that 145,000 pounds has gone down 14 or so thousand pounds over that relatively short period of time. And it's then you start looking for references. So psychologically, you want reassurance, okay? Something goes wrong, I wanna find out references. I need someone to tell me what to do. And if the most prominent reference you have is the daily news, is the newspaper headlines, and if you're using the news to educate you on how to invest, you're gonna invest like the news headlines. But if you go back to your investment policy statement, your investment philosophy, which we tell everyone they should have when it's in the money plan, have an investment philosophy, have a, a, an agreement with yourself, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna invest in these funds, over this period, this is the amount of money I'm going to invest. And when, not if, when something catastrophic happens, I'm going to sit tight. 
and I'm going to repeat this process until this date. And this date typically is around about seven years from when you need access to the money. Okay, in the seven years in the lead up to your accessing the money, you really should start reevaluating your risk. And that's because we don't quite know, and it's not an appropriate thing for me to try and um, second guess what you're going to do with that money. But obviously, if you're going to cash it in and take it out, if you're going to um, annuitize it or what have you, you need to take different uh, an investment approach and you possibly need to become more cautious as time goes towards those last seven years. If you're going to remain invested throughout the rest of your life and draw on your income, then you would probably want to stay invested, but possibly not quite as aggressively. Um, because it's, it's, it's easy for someone to say, hey, look, just stay invested. But when it comes to the crunch, and when we're sat in November 2007 and Northern Rock's gone bust, and in the news all we see is the head, um, people putting queues outside the, the bank wanting their money back, or something like Enron goes bust, or AIG, all these events around the world, it's worrying, you know, it's a concerning period. And that's why you need something written down on paper that you can refer back to and that you go to resources like the Money Plan or like the Money Planner in our podcast to keep you informed on the information and the intelligent way to invest as opposed to going to the marketers and saying, actually, our best buy fund has changed this week because things have happened. This is our new best of best fun buy. Um, it, it's really about staying <laughs> the course. And that differentiates a true investor from a speculator or even a gambler, someone who's playing at the markets, just buying and sitting tight, reevaluating your outcomes and keeping on track, as it were. Okay, and I think it, it's also worth noting right at the beginning here of, of straight after the referendum, the world market in, in red on our chart here, that, that dropped pretty hard straight after. Yeah, um, the them all went up pretty, pretty quickly. And, there, and there's some pullback, as there always is, but they, they, they went up pretty fast, which, again, is, is perhaps surprising compared to, as you said, what we were I, being told beforehand. I remember it very, very, very well. I got up very early in the morning to, to learn of the vote. I told my wife... Um, I checked the markets around the world and um, I, I then just went about my day and I took the children to school and I kept an eye on the market. I don't normally keep an eye on the markets, okay? And I would urge you all to do the same. You know, the market has a personality itself and it goes up and down, up and down. And if you keep watching it, you're going to associate yourself to that kind of personality. You know, it's like living or being around someone who's always either completely happy or sad. It's infectious. And the market can be the same. So don't, don't follow the market so closely. Just periodically check in. And typically once a year is enough. But I was checking on this day and I was actually in the school playgrounds where after my children had gone in and I saw the market started to tumble. Um, it started pulling back. Um, and what that really was is a case of, oh crap, we don't know what to do because it was a shock, I think, to the world. And then people just dumped their, um, their stock and started bailing out, starting pricing shares lower than they were really worth and actually when the dust settled and the 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 emotion was removed from it and the intellect looked around and they thought actually what's going on and bear i say it the bank of england pumped a bit of money into the economy very hastily um the markets bounced back uh, and they knew that okay the, the 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 banks around the world will take this seriously a bit of quantitative, quantitative easing happened and then the markets trundled on 
Um, but if you're looking at this chart, things happen like that. And that's what it is with investing. You know, as, as much as I really do feel for people who, who have bad investment experiences, if you're 100% in the stock market, your portfolio will very likely retrace. That means come from a high to a low point around about 50%. And if that 50% is uncomfortable for you, if you've got 100,000 pounds invested and it coming down to 50,000 pounds makes you feel restless, you don't feel quite right, you're worrying about it, it's on your mind, then 100% stock market is too much for you. You need to start lower. And that's like I said to you uh, at the beginning, most of our clients, or most of our client money, should I say, not most of our clients, most of our client money is invested in C, which is the 60% portfolio. So in that portfolio, only about 60% of the money is in the stock market. So a 50% retracement is going to be about a 30% pullback. So your 100,000 is going to come down to about 30,000 pounds. Okay. But these are, these are, yeah, sorry, 30%. Yes. Yeah, going to come down uh, to 70,000 pounds. So it's going to retrace 30,000 30, pounds. Yeah. Thank you for uh, picking that up. <laughs> wouldn't it? Oh my God. So um, 60% portfolio, you're going to experience less volatility. So there isn't an ideal, there isn't a best portfolio. There isn't the right portfolio. Um, there's an appropriate portfolio for you and your term for investment, how long are you going to be invested for? And we always talk about seven years or more. You know, we like you to be invested, and that's a rolling seven years. Um, and your risk appetite. So you, you know, how much can it pull back before you begin to feel uncomfortable? Um, but also your capacity the loss. So actually, if you've got lots of money around you elsewhere, you've got lots of property, lots of other cash investments, you can possibly afford to take a bit more risk with this money. You don't need to be so conservative with it. Um, and then finally, also look at what return do you need? What return do you need to have in order to achieve your objectives? So although you might come out very aggressive, very adventurous, you know, right near the top, um, you might have lots of assets around you, and you might have a long time to, to, to do it. But if you really don't need to get a 9% return on your money, if you, re you really just need to beat inflation, just ask yourself, why would you do it? Um, and if it's because you would like to and you, you understand that, then that's absolutely fine. But actually, if you think, well, actually, Warren, to be fair, if a 50% retracement did make me feel uncomfortable and I'd have restless nights and might start worrying and being a bit angry around the house, then why would you do it? There's no need. We don't really want more money. We want what money can give us. So if we can spend more money, time doing enjoyable things, that's more like it. So what, what, is, what do you think? Has that been sort of a good idea to sort of raise this and make sure people are aware of it? Yeah, I think it, 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 it matches up with a couple of things that, that you talk about often and that I know you're, you're, uh, you, you think is very important, which is, yeah, looking, looking beyond the news, not letting that affect your long-term strategy that you've got in place and, and kind of the... the the psychology of money, as, as we talk about, and, and we'll talk about again in the future, I'm sure, about how you let these external factors um, kind of impact you and what you think about things. And in, 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 in financial planning and investment management, there are some core pillars, okay? And the money plan is a great fundamental five steps. It's not a rocket science book. You follow those well, you'll get a great outcome. Um, I, I, I learned martial arts as a young child and I've recently gone back to martial arts and uh, with my son because he wanted to learn it. And um, it was very interesting because the, my, my sensei, the guy who teaches me, um, has uh, he's about seventh now or something ridiculous in, in these black belt in a number of different martial arts. And he said a black belt is a black belt because he does the basics well. 
not because he does superb things. And if you think about that, a black belt is a black belt does the basics well. A good investment experience is because you've done the basics well, not because you've got these esoteric hedge funds, you know, uh, FX things, trading strategies, and you're super clever. You've just done the basics well. So uh, maybe on, on that note, uh, we'll, we'll conclude this, uh, you know, referendum or not, let's just do the basics well and enjoy our, our experience. Yeah, I think, I think that's an, an important point. And look, the, the caveat to all this is we haven't left yet. 31st of October comes around. We don't know what happens. But that's but kind of the point where we started. We don't know what happens. We won't. But you know what I do know is I'll still be invested. I'll still be invested <laughs> in my portfolio. Uh, I'll keep rebalancing. I'll keep putting pound cost averaging, keep putting money in. Um, and uh, seven years or so before I need the money out, I'll start looking to de-risk some of it. But uh, until then, we just keep buying and we keep holding and we just ignore the news headlines when it comes to our investments. Uh, we just look at it as entertainment. Great stuff. Thanks, Warren. Have a good day, Paul.